Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I am Sean, or if you were listening last week, say on. And I am Sasha, or if you were listening last week, Sasha. All right. Nice little throwback humor. Uh I almost forgot. Uh, Today's episode, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out because we just mentioned it, brought to you by our favorite, least favorite bar in the world, Oski's. Um, every <laughs> time we go there, because of what you chose to bring as the drink today. No, no, no. I bought this. I brought this for for a surprisingly relevant reason. Although it just so happens that every time we go to Oski's, you and I drink a bottle of this each by ourselves. Well, yes, but not this specific brand because Oski's isn't that fancy. Yeah, yeah, it's special. Mm-hmm. So uh, today's topic, uh, we are discussing. Uh, histories. I feel this is going to be a little more lighthearted episode, at least yeah. for mine. Uh, we're discussing histories and stories of and related to uh, famous sports traditions. Yay, sports traditions. Um, so I'm having, there it goes, Jeebus. So the drink I brought today, uh, because I've noticed a whole bunch of uh, sports teams tend to douse themselves in it when they win yeah. a championship. I'm just bringing, I just brought some champagne. Champagne. Champagne, yeah. Some uh, real, real pain from a sham friend. Champagne yeah. from my real friends. Um, and Sasha. Um, <laughs> and it is Martin and Rossi, which is pretty good brand, actually. Right? It is Martin and Rossi. I don't know if it's good. It's $10. Um, I mean, it's better than Andre, oh, which is only $5. Look at that. It does have a blurb. Yay, it's just blurb buried time. under here. All right. So this is a uh, Martin and Rossi uh, Asti sparkling wine. Is it like a, a dry brute? What we got here? Uh, <laughs> you want to know how cheap it is? It doesn't fucking say. <laughs> it's sparkling um, <laughs> wine. Get over yourself. That's what it says. It is an aromatic, sweet sparkling wine. So Martin and Rossi is the leading Italian sparkling wine producer. We harvest and store the fresh grape juice of Moscato Bianco grapes harvested in the Asti, that's not a word, D-O-C-G, Dogj area. We uh, arrest fermentation to keep the natural sweetness of the ripe musts that give martini. What the fuck? Are these, oh, martini's the brand. Yeah, martini Martini and Rossi. Rossi. I was saying Martin and Rossi. I was confused. Uh, They give martini... uh, Asti, its taste and aroma of grape juice, vine peaches, elderberry, and sage. Its flavor is refreshing, I like the idea sweet, of sage. and fruity, right? I uh, like herbs. Served or chilled. Herbs. Store in a cool, dry place. All right. So, yeah. Let's have some uh, some champagne. Got to get the, the pop. Yep. I'm always terrified of champagne. I've never been hit by like a champagne cork, but it's like a fear. Yeah? Uh-huh. Just a little bit. Maybe I'll let it fly Point out away. of my hand just to fuck Point with Point away. You. Come on, fucker. Ah, oh, the struggle was real. God, that thing was in there. Holy shit. Anyway, uh, you'll notice, uh, based on the noise, we're not dousing ourselves in it. No. I wish we were just like running around going, I Woo! swear to God, if you spill this in here, I'm going to be pissed. Although this couch is scotch guarded because Ben scotch guarded it. Um, I would not be happy because this is one of my favorite pieces of furniture in my whole house. <laughs> your, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> your, uh, what was it? Uh, Mid-century just... modern futon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now very fill fancy. That, fill that sucker to the top. Okay. I got a lot of bullshit to spill here. <laughs> it's oh, actually not really that bullshit. Actually, I think if anything, I should get twice as much as you since I beat you for the championship. Oh, my God. This is never going to die. Like it, I have to beat him this year or we're just... 
a full season. You know what and we should have done? Do me, we, uh, even if you do beat me, I'll always have this one over you. You know so. what we should have done? The history of fantasy football. We should have. But Except it would have just been in the 70s nerds with pocket protectors on started doing it. People learned that there was math, and then they did that math <laughs> for football. All right. So there, there. So, yeah, at Oski's, we normally drink an entire bottle of this by ourselves uh-huh. each. Uh, this is almost the entire bottle killed between us in one pour. On top of shots and just bad decisions. So, it's never just the bottle of champagne, and I think that's where we go wrong. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, you reminded me of a, a couple of oh, traditions here. Oh, that is here really sweet. <laughs> cool. Um, so we're posting. This will go up. Uh, I think. I think how we've we've scheduled this. This episode is going up around the, the beginning of March Madness. Woo! March Madness, which is in itself a major sports tradition. Yes. Uh, the NCAA championship basketball mm-hmm. tournament. Um, so. And I, I actually wanted to do this real fast. I'm glad you mentioned. But first, the Oski's tradition we have. We only go to Oski's once in every great while. Yes. And when we go, we get, or already are, obscenely drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of drunk where you don't remember things. The kind um, of drunk where people buy t-shirts and don't realize they've purchased them. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm still confused. By how I got that confused, I had a T-shirt on, or I, I bought the T-shirt, somehow took my hoodie off, put that T-shirt on, put my hoodie back on. Uh, when I arrived home, I undressed for bed, as you do, Yes. and the T-shirt was in the hoodie. So I was really confused about this $35 <laughs> charge on my debit card the next day. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, here's this what I bought. Here's this what I bought. And I was like, did I just buy the entire bar, which was us, shots? Yeah. Like, what happened? And then doing laundry, I found the cheapest T-shirt in the world. I wore it twice and the thread started coming out. I think I only purchased the shirt because I asked the bartender, hey, if I buy this shirt, can I get a free shot? And she said, sure. And so I really, I spent $25 on a shot of like well liquor. So that's cool. That came with a, a free t-shirt. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the other thing I wanted to mention, I thought this would be kind of a fun little behind the scenes peek, is when we first had the idea of starting a podcast, the initial format was not so different from what we do now yeah now where we each talk about one uh aspect of a topic mm-hmm. um the original format included a weekly guest judge and yes. who would decide on who was better yeah on which of us had the better or more interesting topic and we were going to debut the podcast with a massive March Madness tournament of diseases. Yes. And we were going to de- be debating their historical impact and all and this. And we even recorded a couple of episodes we on did. that. We did. We recorded um, too. But it turns out you can't have a tournament like that. Uh-huh. Because when you discuss something and it's historical relevance, and then you want to discuss it again the very yeah, next yeah, episode. Yeah, you lose out of... You your, lose, yeah. Your topic dies and gets uninteresting real uh-huh. quick. Um, it was, yeah, so that was the beginning of the podcast. 
You'll never hear those. Yeah, you uh, will never hear those. But technically, it's like our anniversary of the podcast in March. Yeah. Um, but unofficial. We were, uh, we were originally going to release it for March Madness. It's like we were banging the podcast, but we didn't become Facebook official until like whenever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, so I just thought it would be kind of fun to talk about that real quick. The original format. This uh, on our sports traditions episode. This champagne is so sweet and it tastes honey-y to me. Wow. It's, it's like the some of the sweetest champagne I've ever had in my life. It's Yeah. It's not bad, though. It's just sweet as shit. I prefer a dry champagne, I think. Yeah, me too. Um, but, okay. But not bad as far as champagnes go. And I don't um, know why this is over here. My champagne... My drinks usually go over here. One second. I'm adjusting. She's she's clearly not prepared for this. No. Uh, it almost sounds like how we how prepared we were when we tried to launch this podcast the first yeah. time. Yeah. Well, now we have such a nice setup. Okay. We do. We do. And we've settled into a format and we do it well. Uh, no no competition between us except for fantasy football. Um, Sean won. Well, I mean, I, I always try to be better at you and more entertaining but i guess you don't try at all to be entertaining <laughs> cool i try to be entertaining i don't care about being better than I you i just want them to like me really like me Sean. okay sally field okay what are you talking about what is your sports tradition my sports tradition is in one of the sports i actually would watch before like football i got involved with fantasy football it was like one of the only sports i would sit down and maybe catch a game of um besides motorsports which yeah i don't i don't count them uh, see i count formula one because have you seen their bodies oh my god have you seen their bodies oh fuck okay this have podcast is oh god explicit oh. content i'm just saying they they have so much g's on their they have to like be very fit in order to like handle the g-force that's in pushed on their bodies that makes sense i'll give you that one and they have abs for days um but yeah so occasionally <laughs> i would watch formula one with my dad but i would also occasionally watch baseball i like baseball it i mean it's my the least favorite of the big five in the u.s for mm -hmm. me uh, but i do enjoy a baseball game see i think baseball is my number one usually and i love going to baseball games because it's just so like I've, chill and i've like, always loved going to baseball yeah. games and so I decided to go with something we all do when you go to a baseball game, the seventh inning stretch. Take me out to, to the, the ball, ball game. We'll get to that. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I pissed her off. <laughs> uh, also, the subtitle of this, of course, is I think I've been doing baseball wrong because apparently <laughs> you're not supposed to move around until the seventh inning stretch. And I'm like, but how do you get your beers? And your hot dogs. And your other beers, and your peanuts. And, and your then, nachos in a helmet. And then your more beer. Yeah, and all the beers. So, yeah, I'm very confused about this. But anyway, let's talk some origin stories. Ooh, la la. So, there's like a bunch of different origin stories for the seventh inning stretch. Um, actually, not a bunch. There's three. So, a couple. Okay. <laughs> um, and if you don't know what the seventh inning stretch is... Hey, Denmark fan, sup. Um, <laughs> We're going to tell you about this magical activity called uh -huh. baseball. So there's baseball games. They're really fucking long. They're nine innings, um, which I guess is only like two hours, but it seems like forever. Uh, two and a half, three. Yeah. Yeah. And so during the seventh inning, everybody gets up, stretches their legs, and sings a song because why not? Why not? Yeah. Sometimes there's like hot dog races where like, 
costume people dress up and run around the bases. When I was in D.C. for the 4th of July, they had the president's race. Oh, at the, that's fun. Because I went to the Nationals and uh-huh. the Red Sox game. And uh, it being the 4th of July, of course, George Washington won. Boo. Um, although Thomas Jefferson was a very close second, uh, I can't remember which one fell and knocked over Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, but it was fun Teddy to watch. Was it Taft? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so let's start with some origin stories. Uh, we're going to go with the one I find the most boring first. Harry Wright of the Cincinnati Reds and also one of the founding fathers of professional baseball uh, makes note of fans standing and stretching in 1860. That's it? That's it. He makes note of people stretching. Yeah, that's it. Let's go to a football game and invent the halftime (laughs) stretch and be remembered as heroes. I mean, I'd rather invent something funner, but okay. (laughs) I'd rather invent something that makes me a billionaire. Yeah, but but here we are. Origin story number two. Um, in the early 1880s, brother Jasper Brennan uh, brought baseball to Manhattan College. Spectators were forced to sit perfectly still <laughs> because, you know, brother, he was a priest or some shit. Hmm. Um, and not like they weren't allowed to move around. They weren't allowed to go to the bathroom and they were sitting on hard wooden benches. I mean, it sounds delightful. Yeah, it doesn't. That's how I want to spend a weekend day. Um, he found out that the audience would get very restless. No shit. Right? Like, oh shit. No. It's a baseball game, not a church. Give us some back cushion. It's not a pew. Yeah. Um, so he decided to make the students stand up and stretch during the seventh inning. Okay. So that is origin story. I kind of like that one because he makes them stretch. Yeah. I think he like ran them through a calisthenics routine. So (laughs) that's cool. I also invented Zumba. (sighs) Um, And so origin story number three and my personal favorite one because it involves somebody I love. But not that much. Not Pierce. It's not Pierce. I know. I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Never mind. So. uh, So it involves everyone's favorite morbidly obese president. Taft. (laughs) Okay. Taft was at a Washington Senators game, a game which he actually threw out one of the very first pitches that a president would ever throw out. One of the very first. First first pitches. pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because Taft was a huge baseball fan. Maybe he just likes seeing people thinner than him do things. Um, (laughs) And this was on April 4th, 1910. Since he was a large man. I mean... (laughs) The moon is suing for trademark infringement, but okay. <laughs> he was a large man. Uh, and I mean, not only circumference-wise, but he was 6'2". So for the time, that was pretty tall. He's big. He's yeah. 6'2", over 300 pounds. Um, he was getting a little uncomfortable sitting on those war- hard wooden benches because that's how just how seats were in baseball stadiums back in the day. Yeah. So he got up to stretch in the seventh inning. And because he was the president, everybody was like, oh, shit, he's leaving. Everybody rise. (laughs) (laughs) And so everybody stood up as well. And that's. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. Allegedly. One of those three. Maybe it's like a perfect combination. Yeah. Of the president got so pissed off. So the priest was like, oh, shit, we need to do this. (laughs) And someone was over there like, I am observing people stretching. Well, I think. And there you go. What probably happened was that it happened in small pockets throughout the nation. And then when Taft did it, like, and they reported on Taft getting up and like stretching in the seventh inning. That's when they were like, that's when let's make this a thing. Yeah. And I would just like to point out that it is implied in all these stories that they didn't move around before the seventh inning. And I'm just (laughs) like, but how just how? I don't know. I can't. 
I mean, I like going to baseball games, I but like, I'm, I'm moving. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning moving back around. And then I'm leaving forward, leaning forward. And I'm, I'm like exploring the stadium. I'm getting I'm beers. Going I'm going to get all lots the beers. of beer. Yeah. Like, come on, move around. Oh, we had such good beer at that Nationals game. Really? I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> I mean, I like our beer at, at the Aces games. Oh, oh no, no, we're talking like high quality craft beer. Yeah, the, our, the craft beer tent at ours isn't always great. No, it's not. But who? So another part of the seventh inning stretch, besides getting up and like moving around, is of course singing. Yep. And of course we sing that that famous song. We're not singing it now, are we? No, no. Thank well, God. I might. You said it. You said it like we were gonna. You were gonna lead me in a version of it, and I'm like, I only know a handful just, of the words. I'm just gonna do some Shatner like talk singing here Ooh, in a second. There you go. But uh, of course, it's take me out to the ball game. Let me give you a brief rundown of it. So first of all, we only know the chorus. Uh, there's other parts to this song. I mean, how many of you knew there were more than two, more than one verse to the uh, the the national anthem? I know that's also true. Um, so I've never heard the other parts of this song ever. Uh, not the national anthem. God bless America. Yes, thank yeah. you. I knew that so, sounded wrong because I have never heard before this research. I'm going to Shatner style talk sing these to you. Ooh, excellent. Um, Katie Casey was baseball man. Had the fever and had it bad. <laughs> Just to root for the hometown crew. Every son, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, <laughs> here at her young boo. Called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said no. I'll tell you what. You can do, and then take me out to the ball game. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. Katie Casey saw all the games, knew the players by their first names. Oh. Told wait. the umpire first name. She was doing them. Uh huh. She was. <laughs> told the umpire he was wrong, all along, good and strong. <laughs> when the score was just two to two, Katie Casey knew what to do, just to cheer up the boys she knew. She made the gang sing this song. Take me yeah, out to the, the ball and game. take yeah. me out. Yeah. Is a fun little fact. We should have just led, uh, played the intro to Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> and then switched to talking about World War One again. Uh, yeah. 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 You don't know where we're going with this uh -huh. episode, do you, bitches? All over the place. Yep. Um, so and somehow we'll get back to my topic. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually the first version of the song, and it was written in 19... 1908 hmm. by Jack Norworth, who was a Tin Pan Alley composer. If you don't know what Tin Pan Alley is, it was an alley with tins and pants. No, it was <laughs> <laughs> like in New York, there was a part of New York where they sold a bunch of sheet music and they would compose music yeah. like on the spot. He was a, a Tin Pan Alley composer. Um, and he actually wrote it on a train in 15 minutes when he was on a train to Manhattan. That explains a lot. That's, that yep. explains why Shatner's singing it. <laughs> <laughs> in 1927, he altered the lyrics um, because I don't know why he just changed them. And there, he changed the name of the person. It was like it's like Nelly something in like the newer version. I hmm. don't understand. I mean, you know, a lot of people finish their great work and like I see some mistakes I want to revise. Yeah, but he should know that everybody just cares about the chorus. So in, uh, it became the official song of the seventh in the inning stretch in the 1970s. This was because the famous baseball announcer, Harry Carey, 
who was an announcer for the Chicago White Sox and then became the announcer for the Chicago Cubs. Okay. If you don't know who he is, you're clearly not a baseball fan. Because <laughs> he has a very like signature voice and style for announcing games. Yeah. As as the casual baseball fan I am, even I know. Yeah. Him. yeah. So when he would hear the pipe organ play it, um, he would kind of like hum it to him like he'd sing it to himself and one day uh the manager bill veck of the white Sox, heard him and was like oh dude this is pretty awesome so he turned on a microphone and left it on and so he would sing he everybody loved that he was singing it so that's when it all started so they started nice. singing it out loud at baseball games and like everybody just sings it off key and it's great it, um, yeah it's one of our our just most obnoxiously, infectiously fun sports traditions. Yeah, people really enjoy it. And so from then on, every seventh inning, Harry Carey would sing sing it during the seventh inning stretch and lead everybody in the stadium with that song. Excellent. So, oh, there's more. Oh, I have more fun oh, no, facts. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're done. I'm just saying excellent. Good, good, good. So 16 teams stay with the tradition and only play take me out to the ball game, according to baseballprospectus.com. Oh, uh, those 16 teams are the A's, the Angels, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Marlins, the Nationals, the Padres, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Rays, the Royals, the White Sox, the, and the Tigers. And those are, they do what now? They only play Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh only inning stretch. Yeah. As in, that's the only song they play, or that's the only time they play the song? That's the only song they play. Okay. Um, there are 30 teams in the MLB, if you were wondering. like, So it's a ha- half plus one yeah. that mainly just play Take Me Out to the Ball Game. So... Um, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to give you a song that a team plays during the seventh inning stretch. Ooh. And you are going to tell me what team you think it is. <laughs> well, you just re- just like riffed off that list of other teams. I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to remember 16 teams on the spot. Well, it's not so. 16 teams. Uh, so these are like the other teams that oh, play oh, is, songs oh, other than it's multiple choice then no okay but well, we'll, 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 we'll try do it anyway okay. all right let's do this so this this is not during the seventh inning but i thought it'd be fun to ask um so this team plays here comes the king at the end of the seventh inning to let fans know beer sales are about to stop <laughs> <laughs> uh the brewers no oh man but you're you, the beer connection is close because they used to play in Bush Stadium, I believe, um, for a very long time. I don't know if it's Bush Stadium anymore because they got a new stadium. Then my my back. other guess, I'm probably going the wrong way, but it would be the uh, the Royals. No, I'm going to tell you because it's my absolute favorite team, the team I root for. The Cardinals. Yes, okay. it is the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. I like that they play it, though, to signify, like, guys. Yeah. Beer's going to stop. Yes, and I went Royals for uh, royalty, but also the, the fucking brewers, man. They're, yeah. They, they are literally named for beer makers. Uh, anyway, they need to steal that okay. tradition from the Cardinals, I think. So in 2001, uh, of course, something happened, and we all became very patriotic. And teams started to play God Bless America during uh, the seventh inning, but a lot of teams stopped doing that, mm-hmm. except these two American League teams. The Nationals. Nope. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. They're in D.C. Fuck. Okay. Uh, the Yankees? Yes. And the Mets? Nope. Wow. American League teams. Mets National. Oh, shit. Uh, 
I don't know. The Cleveland Indians. I think the Indians are American League, but yeah. I think they are too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. These t- two teams, this one should be easy, play deep in the heart of Texas during the oh, seventh fuck. inning stretch. God damn it. The uh, the Rangers. Yes. And um, the uh, the Astros. Yep. All right. So apparently, for some reason, I don't like to acknowledge that the Toronto Blue Jays are still a team in the MLB. <laughs> but For a second, I thought you were going to be like, we all play God Bless America <laughs> after this now, except this one team. And I was going to be like, the fucking Canadians, man. <laughs> so the Toronto Blue Jays sing, okay, Blue Jays, during the seventh inning stretch. But they also do this along with the song. That's too open-ended, man. It's a choreographed dance that they all know the like the movements to to the song. I don't know the names of any. I know. I was just gonna say that that's what they do. Oh, they that's do what they do. The, yeah. oh, I was like, I don't know the names of any dances <laughs> yeah. associated with a baseball team. All right, this National League team plays Louis Louis during the seventh inning stretch. Oh man, that uh, that could be like three different teams on my in my go. I don't know. I'll Seattle Mariners. Yeah, totally wasn't where I was going. Though. This one is super easy. I hope you get it. Uh, this team <laughs> plays Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the Marlins. No, no, the uh, the Reds. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this team. This team plays Chicken Fried by the Zach Brown Band. Got nothing? No. Uh, Atlanta Braves. Okay. All right. This one I think you're going to get. Uh, Roll Out the Barrel is played by this team. Roll Out the Barrel? Yeah. Roll Out the Barrel. Da, da, you know. No, I don't know. Oh. You don't know it? Think about barrels. What do you put in barrels? A lot of things in barrels. The Brewers, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I uh, see. I yeah. see. All right. All right. 24 Carat Magic by Bruno Mars. I'm I don't even, even know why. I'm not even but dignifying this with an answer. It's the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, were like, we need a tradition. Hurry. This one's also weird because, like, no one, like, MLB teams are based in major cities. So, thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> Who? What team do you think plays that? Thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. What team is in the middle of fucking nowhere? Actually, it's not a team in the middle of fucking nowhere. They have no right to be playing this song, actually. <laughs> I'll go with the Mets then. No, Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> I mean, that city's run like it's the Old West. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> okay. Lazy Mary by Lou Monte. <laughs> Champagne makes me gassy. Sorry. Uh, the Mets. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> hey, baby, if you'll be my girl by DJ Otis. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> the Rockies. <laughs> and the last one. This Dude, last no, no, one. No, no, no. Before be you go to the Rockies, easy. before you go to the Rockies, have you guys ever fucking heard of John Denver? Like, <laughs> that guy wrote so many songs about how much he fucking loves the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yeah, but no, because John Denver's, uh, thank God I'm a country boy, is already getting played by the Orioles, and the Rockies don't want to, like. Uh, All right, this last one should be super easy. Should be. This team plays Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh inning, but is no more known for playing Sweet Caroline during the bottom of the eighth before the home team comes up to bat. I don't know. You don't know this one? No. Ah, Boston Red Sox. 
Oh, fuck. Duh. Yeah. God damn it. So, fun side fact, Sweet Caroline is the song I hum to myself while killing people in Medal of Honor when I'm playing with my family. <laughs> uh, Why? I don't know, but they're like, we know you're about to kill somebody because you're like sneaking. I always like in Medal of Honor, like when it was back on like the PlayStation, like okay. when it was like okay. younger. I need to interject uh, uh, for last week's episode. You have no right to have never heard of Audie Murphy because hard mode in the Medal of Honor games is called Audie Murphy mode. I never play in hard mode. Have you seen me play video games? No, but so I would like sneak up, but. I always loved playing as the old lady characters in Medal okay. of Honor. Fair and enough. I would just sneak up and think Sweet Caroline under my breath and then just kill my sister because did we'd play, you know. Did you pull the trigger to the tune of the bop, 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 basically? <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. So uh, that is the history of the seventh inning stretch. I am annoyed I didn't realize that was the Red Sox you were talking about. I know you should be because there was a whole movie with Jimmy Fallon and oh, don't, Drew Barrymore. I definitely didn't watch a Jimmy Fallon movie. That guy oh, annoys no, me. Oh, no, yeah. He annoys me, too. Uh, although I did see an interview that somebody sent me uh, where he had Nicole Kidman on, uh-huh. and she told him a story. Uh, they had, like, a mutual friend that... Was it Tom Cruise? No, they had a mutual friend that wanted to introduce them, mm-hmm. but so they went to Jimmy Fallon's house, but he was just playing video games and was kind of totally absent-minded. Yeah. She wanted to be introduced because she totally had a thing for him. Oh, you dumbass. And it was like, okay, she's not like a quote-unquote celeb crush, but Nicole Kidman is fucking hot. Yeah, Nicole Kidman's good looking. even though he's married, he was reacting as well he should have. Yeah. He was like, are you kidding me? I missed a chance. Yeah. And she's like... Tough titties. Uh, I mean, her husband's hot, too. Keith Urban. I didn't know she was married. Yeah. I'm that pretty sure she's Makes married. it kind of weird that she told that story now. <laughs> yeah, he's Australian. She's Australian. They have Australian babies together. I'm pretty sure kangaroos raised them. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I knew her as Atlantean because she played Aquaman's mom. Oh, Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my sports tradition... Um, I uh, as I told Sasha, mine mine is brief. It is kind of lighthearted. Uh, I also feel like it's kind of like you know, Peta hates this. Peta hates a lot of things. Peta probably hates us. Peta are also dicks with their like donating money to domestic terrorists. So fuck and, them. And um, um, I will eat their meat for them. Like if you don't want that steak, Peta, send it over here. Yeah, right here. So um, good. So my sports tradition, uh. I I almost went with hockey just in general because they have so many traditions. And hockey's Um, like crazy. Like I like watching hockey, but I'm not into hockey. Yeah, see, and I I I like hockey. I enjoy watching hockey, Mm -hmm. although it is still something I've only truly gotten into over the last few years. Yeah, Um, and I can name like four hockey teams, and then I'm done. Like I don't know. I could name I could list off baseball teams until I get all 30 probably <laughs> but and some NFL teams. Hockey I'm just like yeah. ah, the Golden Knights the Ooh. Sharks. By the way, the Golden Knights can go fuck themselves. Oh no, he did. Yeah. I don't give a shit that they're from Vegas. Fuck them. Uh Nevada doesn't mean I'm going to love them automatically. They're still fucking Vegas. I mean. Anyway. Okay, continue. So the 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 tradition I did was uh Throwing things on the ice uh, Yay, in ice I hockey. I saw this, actually. And my, my subtitle, uh, as I also told Sasha, is 
ew, with an ending of aww. <laughs> because, uh, holy shit, some of this stuff is gross. Um, like, I'm starting to like hockey, but I might back out because I don't want I don't want to be associated with people who think gross shit like this is cool. I mean, I'll like I think I'm going to get really into hockey for a year just so I can punch a guy. Because I feel <laughs> like if I go to a yeah. hockey game, I could probably end up punching a guy by the end of the night. There was an old hockey video game where if you like got roughed up. Yeah. Uh, it gave you a one minute of just like open boxing <laughs> and then you just box before the referees, quote unquote, broke it up. And that's and there like no health, no stamina, nothing. The players didn't lose any abilities or get injured. It was just free boxing. I, I also like, give like hockey players so much credit because ice skating so hard. Yeah. So you're you're on skates, you're on thinny yeah. skin, skinny, <laughs> skinny <laughs> pieces of metal that could destroy you if you like touch them Screw because they're up. super sharp. Yeah. And you still have to get a stupid tiny puck into a net. Using a stick. Uh Uh-huh, using a stick. While going really fast. They're like the most, I feel like they're the most badass sports players out there. And it's a contact sport. Yeah, they're like the most talented sports people. Because I feel like if you put a football player in hockey gear, he's not going to do shit. But if you put a hockey player in football gear, he's going to tackle the shit out of some people. Yeah, so... And then baseball people are just little pansy-ass bitches. Sorry, yeah. baseball. Love you. Standing around. Uh-huh. Oh, Running shit. occasionally. Someone did something. I better sprint for the first time in the last hour. All right. So uh, so when I when I started doing the preliminary research for uh-huh. our sports traditions, there were a whole lot of things I considered, but I didn't realize just how much of a tradition it is to throw shit on the ice in hockey. <laughs> like, this is it is an astonishingly... Long-standing tradition, uh, very simple. Like most of them have very simple explanations. Mm-hmm. So the, this is that's why this is so brief. Um, but it's also disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, like do I, the Peter mention? I know one of the traditions, and I have questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, so due uh, due to the whole Peter mention earlier, I'm pretty sure some of you, including the dude from Denmark, I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, I assume he's Vigo Mortensen. Oh, sweet. Hey, Vigo. What's up, Vigo? You're a great actor. You uh-huh. rock. Uh, don't think this is barbaric or that we condone it. I can assure you they're dead before it happens. I can Mostly. assure you that. So the whole thing started in the far gone age of 1952. Oh, yeah. The Detroit Red Wings mm-hmm. were in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, so, you know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you win a best of seven series. Uh-huh. Uh, first team to win four games in the series advances to the next round, or if you're in the final, you win the Stanley Cup. Yes. At the time, uh, there were only two rounds of the playoffs, so you needed to win a total of eight games mm-hmm. to win the Stanley Cup. Makes, Makes sense. Makes sense. The math checks. The math checks out. So, 1952, first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Two brothers decide that they need to give the team a little bit of a good luck charm. Mm-hmm. So they came up with an idea. You need eight wins. Yes. We should throw something on the ice that symbolizes the need for eight wins. Right? Eight babies. <laughs> no. <laughs> they threw a fucking octopus on the uh, ice. <laughs> so my question, cause I because I knew that was coming. Yeah, because eight legs. But my question is, yeah. did they eat the octopus afterwards? No. Oh, what did they do to the octopus? They should um, eat it. That's wasting octopus. Well, hang on now. Octopi. So <laughs> the uh, what is what is perhaps most shocking about this 
the red the Red Wings went on to win the series and become champions. Uh-huh. So it was kind of seen as like an omen, right? So they have totally fucking embraced this octopus <laughs> shit. Um, their mascot is a giant octopus named Al. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that the Red Wings colors are red and white, uh, Al is purple. Um, well, he's a fucking octopus. Of course he is. Uh, make him red. He's a fucking sports mascot. He's an octopus. And make him purple. <laughs> so the way uh, the NHL playoffs are structured now, uh, you need 16 wins. So the Red Wings, during the playoffs, they hang two giant octopus mannequins from the rafters of the of the stadium mm-hmm. uh, to symbolize the 16 wins that you need. But it's been more than 60 years since people started throwing octopi on the ice. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I read this article. Apparently there is an entire fucking etiquette to this. <laughs> and and people get offended. How when are you, you don't supposed to this. throw your octopus? First, uh-huh. the first thing you do is you get your octopus, you boil it. They're already dead. You boil it for 20 minutes uh-huh. with lemon juice and white wine. So this sounds like a tasty <laughs> meal. Why are they not eating them? Right? So you do that. It does two things. One, it kills the fucking smell. Uh, well, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Which is incredibly important, right? And it's delicious. But two, it toughens the skin. So when you throw it on the ice, instead of just going yeah. splat and just sticking it there. skids. And I do mean sticking. Uh, um, instead, it actually bounces off the ice and people can just pick it up. Oh, and, okay. and like the debris and like I the, can see why stuff. somebody would be pissed if you did not follow that procedure. Right. By somebody, I mean the Zamboni driver. Yeah, because guess who has to pick it up? The Zamboni, the, the Zamboni driver. driver. Uh, yeah, so that way they can just go out and pick it up. If you don't boil it, it just it literally splats and will stick to the ice. But also the ink is still in there uh, and the ice gets all stained. Gross. So it looks like you basically hosted a giant shootout. At, but what if you took out the ink sack? I don't know. Talk to the guys they bought it from. So, the the next aspect of the etiquette: people who plan on throwing an octopus. This is unofficial, but if you are going to a hockey game, don't buy aisle seats. Those are unofficially reserved for people <laughs> who plan on throwing an octopus, uh, because they need to be able to stand up and have room to throw without hitting. W- anybody else so can you throw an octopus any old day or is it just during playoffs any anytime, oh okay anytime. that's nice yeah i need so, to get me some octopi and there is a specific method for throwing it as well you you hold it by the tentacles and not the end the middle of the tentacles uh-huh. this is incredibly important i learned <laughs> um and then so you grip it by the middle of the tentacles you wind up and kind of spin it yeah and then throw it head first well i imagine it's pretty hard to get it over because there's like high barriers so people don't get hit with pucks there are and and they they usually weigh like four or five yeah. pounds, the average size of the ones that that can be thrown. Um, but if you grab it by the end of the tentacles, they'll break off. The <laughs> the tentacles won't. <laughs> the, yeah, the they'll wind up. The head pops off. Uh. <laughs> and so I, I saw a story. There was an elderly woman sitting beside uh, behind someone who did not know about proper throwing etiquette, uh, and she's just fool. sitting there, and all of a sudden, octopus head in her lap. And she uh, ate it because she's a badass. <laughs> and because it was it was like cooked delicious in like, white yeah, wine yeah, with a nice lemon juice. A nice yeah. sauce. Uh yeah. Some records I learned. Uh the biggest ever octopus thrown on the ice happened in nineteen ninety six, weighed thirty eight pounds. That must have been more than <laughs> one person throwing that. There's no what's, way. What's special 
is that this is technically illegal. They had to smuggle in a 38-pound <laughs> octopus. Who the fuck was working security that day? It just makes me think that they put, like, a, a hat on the octopus and, like, a jacket. And they're like, Thought this is was, just yeah. my son, Timmy, and he's like, coming to see the game. Right? They carpooled his ass in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I actually, I saw an article of the guy. Uh, the It was a New York Times article from 1996. And it was actually an interview with one of the two brothers that started the tradition uh-huh. back in the 50s. He was in his like mid-60s now um, because it, you know, then it had only been 40 years. Yeah. But uh, so and he had this full breakdown of how to smuggle octopi <laughs> in. And he was like, you take it, you put it in a big Ziploc bag and you wear a hoodie and then you put it in the front of the hoodie. So it looks like a beer belly because they can't search you. You get offended. They'll let you in. <laughs> and he goes, but you bring in some water, some hand sanitizer, some lemon juice. So you throw it in. You pour some lemon juice on your hands. You wash it in the water to get the smell off yeah. so no one can catch you. You sanitize. Boom, you're clean, you're not sticky, and there's an octopus See, on the ice. To me, it I don't seems know why like I'm giving him a New York accent. Perfect for women, though, because they can pretend they're pregnant to sneak <laughs> in this octopus, right? and that's probably yeah. what happened. Like a, a woman snuck in, that's how she snuck he in the He did say that they tried to sneak in a smaller one once, and they yeah. put it on their head and under the hat to hide <laughs> it. And they're like, but you got to walk like really rigidly, because if the hat even moves, it's over. Yeah. And then you've got octopus shit in your hair. <laughs> and I was like, this guy has lived. Like, <laughs> I love He's this a, guy. Uh, uh, so anyway, so technically it is illegal to throw anything on the ice during a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, however, has not stopped the legend of the octopus, as it's called, from inspiring other traditions around the world. And so, these are, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, well, five or so. So how many, like every season, how many octopi get thrown? Well, a lot um, oh, I, I forgot my other record. Uh, the most ever thrown on the ice at once was 54. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Were they like in the playoffs? Like, why were so I, many thrown? I think it was a playoff game, but yeah, 54 God octopi damn. all of a sudden on the ice. So anyway, so uh, some other teams that I came across uh, from the world that I thought were kind of fun. These are all variations on this. Uh, varying levels of gross. One is fucking hilarious, and then the ending is aww. First, one of the weirder ones. Uh, also, staying in the NHL, uh, the Florida Panthers. They have they a very threw live Panthers on the <laughs> rawr. rawr. No, they have a variation on it called the Rat Trick. Oh, uh, dead rats! So the Rat Trick uh, is a play on the term Hat Trick. No which duh. For not non-sports fans out there, a Hat Trick is when you score three goals in one game. Mm. Uh, it, it started in 1996. A player named Scott Mellenby. Uh, was chilling in the locker room before the game, and uh, a rat scurried across the floor. Nope. And he was like, oh, shit, we're infested now. Yeah. So he, I mean, he, he killed it with his hockey stick. He was like, no, nah, we're not going to allow that thing. But he went out and scored two goals and just played out of his mind. Yeah. So the word of this got out to the public. The goal, no. The goaltender was like, I'm already like, Dude, no. He's a badass, and then this. So um, they they have started throwing, I will qualify this mostly fake rats onto the ice after goals okay as they long are, as they're oh. yeah they're mostly plastic and fake although they they had to stop almost immediately because the national hockey league they would throw so many on the ice and plastic rats weigh a surprising amount yeah um 
like it was like a barrage of rubber ammo being thrown <laughs> at players and like multiple players would like hide in the goalkeeper's net to try to avoid being hit. Save us goalkeeper, save us. So the National Hockey League passed a rule where if your team throws too much stuff on the ice at once, you can actually be penalized for it. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um that hasn't stopped some other countries though. <laughs> uh uh but we're going to we're actually going to skip the funny one. Um there, but there's still things uh, the NHL sees everything from chickens to fish uh-huh. to rotting fish. Uh, my team, the San Jose Sharks, throw sharks. That's cruel. Um, Where one, do they get sharks from? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. One time someone threw a four-foot shark onto the ice. Holy, how did he sneak that in? <laughs> right? How are these people doing this? Right? I want to meet these guys. Uh-huh. Um, but And then my favorite story, though, in 2010... The, uh, the Sharks played the Red Wings in the playoffs, and someone got creative, and they threw a shark onto the ice that had an octopus in its mouth. Oh, <laughs> which nice. Is like, which is the most intimidating yeah. trash talk ever. Good job. Um, so back to the funny one here. Okay. This took place in Sweden. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a player, uh, he had one of those leaks. He, he would be Kim Kardashian famous. Oh, sex tape? Yeah, he had a sex tape leak. Uh And the sex tape uh, was not of anything anyone would want to see by all the accounts that I read. It's just him using a uh, a dildo on himself. Whoa. Oh, so I know what they throw on the... Fans showed up and threw a shit ton of dildos <laughs> on the ice. And to- he's like, yes, I don't have to buy my own. <laughs> he's, sitting, he's, he's on his knees on the ice going, heaven. Yeah. No, um, but I saw like... A, a newspaper article, like an archived newspaper article online uh-huh. in the research. The headline makes me happy. Quote, Swedish hockey fans delay match with dildo downpour. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and, dildo and downpour. But I read the article because how can you not uh-huh. read the article that includes the phrase dildo downpour? Yeah. Uh, they they asked the teams and arena's management about the incident. Mm-hmm. And this dude needs a promotion because he was like oh yeah we knew it was going to happen we heard like through the crowd or whatever yeah Yeah. that this was going to happen but we decided not to say hey don't throw the dildos dildos on the ice because you know how people are there would have been so many more dildos (laughs) if we had specifically said don't throw dildos on the ice and i was like that dude is a realist and he's fucking awesome also the dildo industry must have been like, oh, it's spiking sales in Sweden. That's weird. And that's why they have the reputation for the weirdness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we'll finish with the awe. Aw. Happy note. Okay. A lot of hockey leagues around the world, although not the National Hockey League, for aforementioned reasons of penalties. Yes. We're all sour, sour sports here in the U.S. Um, but for a lot of hockey leagues around the world... It's an annual Christmas tradition and promotion to hold a teddy bear toss. Oh, that's cute. Fans at the, the there will be a specific game that is designated yeah. the charity game. And then when the home team uh, scores their first goal, fans will throw teddy bears and stuffed animals onto the ice. They are all gathered up and donated to local uh, charities Aww. and children's hospitals and things like that. Uh, fun fact, the Hershey Bears, a minor league team based in Hershey, Pennsylvania, hold the record 34,798 stuffed toys That's donated. That's so many stuffed toys. From a single game. That's crazy. That is at once. Uh, they broke their own record 
the the, the previous year they had like twenty seven thousand. Way to go, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Right? They're they're doing yeah, real well. Doing yeah. the good stuff. So so yeah, fun, lighthearted, uh uh but uh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking a lot about war, so I feel like fake war, which is sports, is always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how much different the world would be if we decided this over the World Cup instead of World War Two? Yeah. England would be in charge of everything. The British Empire never would have fallen. No, Brazil. Well, India, they probably would have challenged England to cricket. Yeah, and then they would have lost. Man, have you ever tried watching cricket? Oh, girl, it lasts forever. I know. Woo. And you're like, oh, they're hitting a stick with a ball. Now they're running to that other stick. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, so those are our weird sports traditions. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just trying to finish this half a bottle of champagne in my glass. Oh, that's right. I didn't get to mine. Whatever. We can drink after we uh, push uh, stop on their record menu up there. Oh, no. See, um, we don't exist outside of this podcast. <laughs> Say what? We disappear, guys. I'm sorry to tell you this. <laughs> sorry to sorry to ruin your day, Vigo Mortensen. Um uh-huh. we love you too. Um yeah, I loved you in um what was that one where you fought naked? I liked that one. Uh that was Eastern Promises. Oh yeah. I watched that scene a couple of times. <laughs> Outside of that, that was a fucking fantastic movie though. No, inside of that, that was a <laughs> fantastic movie. I once heard someone say that uh, describing that scene, it, it's so intimate that he may have well just spread his butt cheeks and then mooned the camera. I mean, <laughs> could he still? <laughs> I know you'll you'll never watch it, but he was great in the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, I won't watch it. Sorry, fans of Lord of the Rings. Not my jam. No, it's not your jam because the three movies are like 10 hours long. I have an intention span. It's just not in the fantasy realm so much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yep, yep. Listen to us anywhere you listen to us, including Denmark. Hey, now uh, he's just going to stop, or her. They're going to stop listening to us, and it's all your fault. We put too much pressure on them. Nope. Follow us. Give us a shout-out. Tell us you're from Denmark. Maybe we'll send you some swag. We, we, get we around, have no swag. No, no, no. When we get around to making it, we will specifically send you. We need the more first than your mom LHC and Molly swag. to have listen to <laughs> us on a frequent basis. Uh, anyway, follow us, listen to us, and when you tell your friends about us, isn't there more to that? I was improvising. Sasha's on the ball. <laughs> sure am. Uh, tell them we said something interesting, though. <laughs>